times like this, I've felt like, you know, maybe she's not here no more. You know, as hard as that is to to say, I just feel like it could be the case because of the situation she was in at the time. I know she left with that feeling of, like, she knew that, you know, she was loved and appreciated. And so I just know that she would never just leave on her own. Don't wait till the last minute to go and tell your loved ones that they, you love them and that they mean everything to you. Hi, Cam. Hey, Christine. We're back. We're back for our first episode of our second season. I'm really excited to be here today with you. I'm so excited to be here with you and to share this information with you and with our listeners. And this episode, you know, to start our second season, we're focusing on uh, Graciela Garcia who is a missing grandmother, missing friend, missing community member, who was from Hermiston, Oregon. She disappeared November 8th of 2019, and her family is desperately looking for her. Yes, there's not a lot of information on this case, and you were actually uh, able to talk with her daughter. So we're going to play an interview for our listeners uh, today, but uh, definitely today is about getting this information out there. At this point, this family needs answers, and there isn't much information out there, and so that's what's so frustrating, right? Yeah, they uh, have hit just kind of a, you know, a block or a barrier with with moving forward with finding out what happened to their mom, finding out what happened to this community member, Uh, Graciela was, you know, a large part of her community. She was well known. She was um, a business owner. You know, she was actively involved in her community. And so, you know, this is devastating and there's no answers. So uh, we're so grateful that Gabby spoke with us. I'm excited to share this with you and with our listeners for our very first episode of our second season and also Kim let's talk about what our listeners can do because that's really the most important piece is that after you hear Gabby's story I think you'll be as moved as I was yeah definitely um I I'm gonna venture and say that the the interview left you feeling a little bit hopeless and just wanting to get this information out there. And there is actually a GoFundMe page that we've been um, promoting on our Facebook page and our Instagram page. Definitely check out this GoFundMe page out there. At this point, they're, you know, trying to raise money for Graciela Garcia from Hermiston, Oregon. Beautiful woman. And you can uh, see her story on this page. I know they, they have another website, uh, out there, don't they, Christine? Yeah, so if you want to find out more information about Graciela Garcia and her story and what's happened, you can go to find Graciela Garcia on Facebook. And there's a lot of information out there regarding this disappearance. So one of the other pages is Missing Graciela Garcia-Hermiston, Oregon. That's a public group also that has additional information. And if you have any information on Graciela's case, if you have any tips, you're encouraged to contact 
the Hermiston Police Department at 541-567-5519. I'm sure you could also contact the family directly if you have information and you feel more comfortable doing that. We just encourage you to show up for this this missing woman and also her family in any way that you can. Definitely her family needs answers at this point. And uh, hopefully after Gabby spoke with you, Christine, she felt a little bit more heard. Uh, and also listeners, get this episode out there to anyone that you think would, uh, you know, like to listen to Unexplained Organ, right? We, this is about information sharing and we're definitely going to do a lot of it this season. We're excited for it and we can't wait. Gabby, can you tell me a little bit about your mom and your family? Well, we are from a small town. It's Hermiston, Oregon. And well, I was born and raised here, and so were my siblings. My mom, uh, she has four kids. Our oldest sister, Annabelle, is, she's the oldest one, and then it's me. And then I have a little brother after me named Arturo. And then after him, which is the youngest, it's Jacob. And um, well, we all grew up with our mom. We all grew up pretty close as a family. Um, my mom and her second marriage, she had my brother's. And we had a pretty good relationship with each other. We were a very outgoing family. We would travel a lot together to other other states. My mom really loved to travel. It was like her passion. And I mean, she always tried to take us out to enjoy life and get to know other places. We, since I was little, she started going to college and she actually received her degree in um, business. And then she followed up with going to cosmetology school and getting her certification to be a hairstylist and she was in that she did that for 14 years it was a good that was her honestly her biggest passion was you know cutting hair and um styling people she had so many clients so much clientele in the area like she was she's a very well-known person here she has a bunch of siblings too and a lot of nieces and nephews she has three grandchildren for my sisters they really love their grandma they ask for her a lot she's always been a, a loving person and very caring for others she always tried to do the most and I know that she was there a lot for her kids she always made she you know she was a very caring person like I said along with everything else she always tried to be there for everybody and she always tried to grow she never wanted to just stay in one spot and that's the advice she gave her kids all the time was don't just stay in that spot like if you if that's what you're doing just be open-minded to other opportunities that could be out there she went to school for what she studied and then she still wanted to go and learn more things and she would go to hair shows try to grow learning new techniques on how to do hair and things like that because she loved it so um she loved to cook she loved she's very artistic and i learned this maybe last year um that she loved to paint and i didn't really know that but she also liked to what's the word for it i know there's a word it's like sewing but she liked to create things and that was something very very nice for me to learn about her you know i i've 
knew something about my mom that I never knew. Can you share what was going on with your mom before she disappeared? She was starting to have a different attitude towards everybody. The person that she married was not a positive person. He's very vulgar and very negative all the time. He didn't like her around her kids. He didn't like us in general. He didn't like anybody. He would always have something to say about people that walked by him or put my mom against her kids. And we tried to, you know, talk to her and tell her how we felt about that. And she would just, you know, kind of like no it's nothing he's just like that kind of justifying for a person like him and she didn't see the the red flags that we did at the beginning but then she started to probably see it down the road and I feel like now that you know this happened it's when she realized that she wanted to be out of that marriage and it's when everything happened that is happening right now which she's not here right now and so she didn't have a good relationship with that guy he was very toxic we tried so hard to protect her and to get her away from it but we we couldn't do anything I mean it had to be her will to walk away and I believe that it was hard for her at the time they would fight a lot at some point it became there was some domestic violence I would say involved where he would like put his hands on her they were just very it was horrible like the way that they would fight and the things that would come out of each other's mouth like it was really bad and my mom was falling into depression and she just would tell us like she no longer wanted to live that she was tired of this life and one day she just was outside with me and it's something that broke my heart because it's kind of happening right now and it's kind of like she knew it would happen but she told me once crying that she was tired of living and that she was tired of the life that she had that she would she stayed here because of her son um, because he still needed her he was like 11 at the time and she said well he needs his mom like he needs her and I have to be strong for him and obviously for all of my kids. She said it wasn't easy for her because she had depression and I already knew that. I could tell and so I would try to talk to her and tell her to, you know, go to counseling but she never really wanted to do counseling. She said that that wouldn't help her and she didn't have a good relationship with family members because my mom was kind of critical to others at times and, you know, it kind of causes controversy with people and so... That's what happened. The day, I remember I talked to her a few days before she went missing. Then on November 8th of 2019 is when she, like, vanished. And my sister came to my house, like, two days after that. And she looked really, like, she was kind of, like, nervous. And I didn't quite catch on to it until she started speaking about it. She just started saying that, if I know anything about mom... She's like, do you know what's going on with mom? And I said, no, um, what's, you know, what's happening? She's like, her husband came to my house to tell me that she was acting very strange the last few days and that the night before she went missing, she wasn't home and that, that eventually she got home and then she got up and left and he didn't feel her leave. And supposedly he started crying and saying that, you know, he's he was concerned. He didn't know what happened. Me and my sister know our mom more than anything. And so she started saying, well, I've tried to call her and her phone is off. It goes straight to voicemail and there's no way to get through. I started calling because I just couldn't believe that her phone wouldn't just be off like that. She never picked up the, the phone. The phone calls would go straight to voicemail ever since I could remember. I mean, it, it was just really scary at that point. 
I know that she was supposed to meet up with my little brother because he was staying at our dad's house. He was expecting her to take him food, and she never showed up to take him food. I guess he ended up being the person to take him the food, and so my brother... You know, I didn't think anything of it until later. And then he, I remember seeing his phone. I checked his phone, and he had two missed calls from my mom. That day, the day before she went missing, he had two missed calls. He didn't get to the calls. I believe um, there was no contact with her after that. So I can only imagine how he feels just to think that, you know, his mom tried to call him, and he didn't answer and never heard from her again. Yeah, after that, you know, the, there was a police report that started, that was reported on November 11th, and that was three days after her disappearance. He didn't report it, her missing. We had to report her missing as her family, and so it was just kind of let off the hoop because till this day, like, we feel like we le- we've been left in the dark, like her case is just being left to go cold. We have not received a phone call from the detectives working on the case or who were working on the case more than half a year already. Like, they don't call us, and if we ever call, they just tell us the same exact thing as they did a year ago, and it's just not any helpful information to us it's frustrating and then they get upset when we go on social media and we you know defend the the family's you know opinions because our family does go they never actually posted about her disappearance either on Mm. their page and i remember once they did we well my family was really upset about things they were saying and they started commenting on there so everybody could know the truth. You know, it's just been a really rough year and a half um, to not know anything. I mean, how would they feel if their daughter or their parents or their grandchildren or their wives or husbands went missing? Like, how would they feel? They would be doing anything and everything to look for them. But because we feel like we don't have that type of support, we feel like we're alone in this. The FBI hasn't wanted to help us. The state of- officers, the state police don't want to help. We've tried to seek lawyers, and they say there's not much they could do for us. We've tried to seek private inves- investigators, and they also told us the same thing. It's just unbelievable that nobody wants to help when they're the ones that we're supposed to rely on for this type of help. Like, they're letting down somebody important in their community who did so much for people in this community. They're not appreciating anything that our mom ever did for people, and it just shows how evil the system is. And we haven't stopped. We started a vigil on her year mark, which was November 8th, 2020, over six months ago. And, you know, we brought the community together. We all had a prayer and we had speakers and we just were able to speak about her case. It was really, really beautiful the way that it was set up. And the amount of people that went, it was just, it was really, like, emotional because you can see who's there for you. A lot of the clients were there, a lot of people that knew her, her friends, her family. You know, we've had support, but we haven't had it also from the people that could probably make a difference for our family, which is the system. They sit around, and I don't know what they do, but we just feel like that at this point. And if they feel no sort of of guilt over it, well, then they're heartless people, and I just feel that my mom deserves more attention to her case she deserves for everything to be done to find her 
I know that the husband did the polygraph testing done like two or three times and it says that it was inconclusive and every time and I just don't understand how that's not enough for them to question him more than they did. Her case is suspicious like it really is but you know only we don't know anything and there's one person out there that probably knows the truth and we are just left with no answers like and it's hard it's you know, heartbreaking. My brother, is, he's going to be 16 years old and, you know, he has struggled in school because of this and he needs his mom and, like, it just hurts me and it makes me so mad. I'm literally so angry to think that nobody cares to help us and she has a, a teenager who needs his mom who has his father, but it's, it's different when the mom is not there because that's the person who gave birth to you and the person who raised you and did everything for you and she's not here and you know he suffers in silence and says he's okay but we know he's not okay he's not gonna say yes like i feel this way all the time we have to take it out of him or make him talk about it so that he can let it out and he does say like i miss i do miss my mom and i wish she was here um, I still have hope that we can find her. You know, he, he watches videos with me um, of her, and I just start crying because he's literally, like, just staring at the video, and it breaks my heart. I don't know what's going through his mind. I know that my sister's kids also pray for her, and they ask for her all the time. They want their grandma, and then where's my grandma? And they were with her the day before she vanished. They stay with that thought in their mind of, you know, I saw her that day, and and the worst part is that they'll grow up and she won't be here if she's never found like we just need her to be found we need justice we need closure we need peace like our family's been going through too much what was it after my mom went missing we lost one of our aunts she died from cancer which was my mom's brother's wife and then and shortly after that my mom's nephew also passed away and then my mom's sister just passed away two weeks ago and it's just too much for us for us to do on all these losses and then still no answers it's quite traumatizing if you think about it like it's just because it's not happening to them they don't care because it's not their family so they're not going to go beyond what they can possibly do to find that missing person we we don't know if we'll ever find her like we don't know if we'll ever see her again or if she will ever appear and we'll find her in some sort of way and give her peace also like it's just never ending thoughts of, of what's going to happen in the end like we just we haven't we, we don't know what to think anymore and it, how do you move on with your life what is it 10 years are gonna pass and oh she's still been missing nothing was ever done like it's just really sad like what's the point of being a detective if you're not even doing your damn job right like it's just how we feel can you tell me what it was that you discovered uh when you were allowed to go into her house after you found out she had disappeared there was a lot of things that were that were suspicious as far as when i walked in first of all her cars were there and then i know that her husband locked up her car up until barely a few months ago a whole year he locked up her car in the garage and we don't know why he would do that. I walked in and I, I noticed that in her washer, there was a blanket in there that was left for days. It was a big blanket. And I know that my mom never put those big heavy blankets in her washer because she, she would always say that it would break the machine. And so for that to be in there, it was not my mom who put it. And 
that to be there for a few days soaking in water, it just makes me think that, you know, something was in that uh, blanket that could have been a clue, something that could have a lead or something, and it was just thrown in there and left in there. And then her rings and her jewelry were left in her house. Um, all of her stuff was in place. Her makeup was um, on the table and she had it. Her credit cards and ID and passport, all of the, all of those things were were not there. They we did ask them to check the phone to see where who or who the last phone call was. You know his activity also because her phone was cut off entering Washington. After that, you know it, they couldn't detect anything else. Like after pinging it. Gabby shares some reasons why her mom might have been traveling to Washington State. She would go to Tri-Cities to go to, like, you know, to go shopping. She wouldn't just leave at that time to cross the bridge and then doesn't seem like something she would do. Can you explain again what your mom's husband said happened before her disappearance? He said she was in bed and disappeared that she never said she took off and he didn't feel like he felt her when she got when she left he didn't know what happened to her supposedly after that had anything like this ever happened before with your mom in terms of uh you know bringing your brother food it doesn't sound like something she would do she if she was to tell him she's gonna take him food she was really not on time for a lot of things like she would be late but she would always make it and that's where you know she told him oh well i'll be there but then she doesn't show up he shows up and you know my brother was like oh well you know my mom it was him that brought it but yeah she if there's anything she would let him know like oh i won't be able to go or i'll just go tomorrow or something but the fact that there was no contact it was just what do you think happened like i said they had a really toxic relationship and i honestly had visions of something terrible like this happening to my mom because of the person that she was with um i had told her also i felt that way so i just told my mom to be careful and i feel like she felt something coming and i could also you know bring in that a few months a few months before she went missing she had wanted to talk to me and i just want to talk to you about something and i i want you to just understand why and you know i don't want you to get scared i just want you to know so that you could keep that with you I want you to know where my 401k information is in case something happens to me. And when she told me that, I started to instantly have a bad feeling. And I was like, Mom, why do you want me to know this? Like, what's going on? Why Are you okay? Like, she's like, well, you never know if something happens to me. And she's like, well, you know, just, you just have to be prepared. And my mom would do, like, this little smile with, with me and my siblings. And, like, I remember she did it that morning. And, or that day, and, you know, I was like, Mom, I'm like, I don't want to know this stuff because it's scary. Like, I don't want you to feel like you're something's going to happen to you. She's like, well, you just, in case it does, she's like, I'm not saying it is or it will, but if it does, you need to be prepared so that you know what to do. And then after that, a few months later is when she disappeared, and I honestly feel like somebody's being covered up. I feel like, you know, the relationship was really toxic. I mean, this man would follow my mom everywhere to her salon. He would look through her phone. He would win on who she's always talking to. He'd always be sitting around just listening to her conversations with her clients. 
So I feel like like he knows something of what happened, and he's never going to tell us. And he's not around. He hasn't communicated with us in months. He doesn't seem to be concerned about her disappearance. He doesn't seem to care. So my mom could have been taken. She could have been kidnapped, and she could be held being held hostage somewhere or my mom could have literally been murdered and thrown somewhere and for us to find her it's like it seems really really difficult her house has been locked up my brother tried to go get some belongings and there was a chain on the door and then there's a basement and he also put like a big piece of wood over that and locked it so nobody can go down there so I don't know why I feel like something could be in the basement I've seen so many stories of women who get murdered and their husbands, their psycho husbands go and dig up, uh, dig up a hole in the basement and throw the body and then cement over it. And I literally thought that that could be the case with my mom too. If there was something in her home or outside or in the basement, something, a clue, it would be very helpful. But there has not been any movement giving us those options from the police department either. Like, we've tried everything we could. And I used to feel that, you know, my mom was still here. But as time goes by... You know, they do say that bad news runs fast and it gets to you, but it doesn't always happen that way. I mean, she could probably be gone, and times like this, I felt like, you know, maybe she's not here no more. You know, as hard as that is to, to say, I just feel like it could be the case because of the situation she was in at the time with who she was with and the toxic environment she was surrounded by. Gabby, how long had your mom been together with her current husband at the time of her disappearance? She had been with him for about eight or nine years and they got married. They were married like two or three years. Honestly, like I didn't really ever have a relationship with him. I always avoided him. There's not much that I know. I just know he doesn't come from a back a good background. He I know he has family in Mexico and here in the United States. I just don't really I could have well been involved in something not good that could have been the reason why she's not here. Was there anything going on with her health or her mental health at the time? My mom had a lot of lower back pain. She was she's seen at times bipolar, but she was never diagnosed with it. Like, she never actually went in to get diagnosed. Um, I noticed that just by the way that she would talk, and one day I'm not going to be here, and you guys are going to miss me, and, you know, nobody cares about me, nobody... Nobody loves me. I'm tired of this world. I'm tired of all the crap I've been through and all the all the crap of my family. And I mean, I know her very well. And I know that we're starting to kind of consume a little bit of alcohol more than she normally did because I feel like she felt lonely. And you know, we would try our hardest to be around her, but there were times where it was hard too. I'm not gonna say we had the best relationship with her, but we did try to have a relationship with her because I mean, she was our mom. And if I could go back to before this happened to her, I would say, well, you know what? I'd rather make my peace with my mom and forgive her for anything she's hurt me for because you never know if something bad could happen to her. And I don't want to regret it. Mm-hmm. And I know that when she does go missing, I know that I, I gave her a lot of love and I gave her a lot of attention and I, affection too. I know she left with that feeling of like she knew that, you know, she was loved and appreciated. And so I just know that she would never just leave on her own because of more than anything, my brother that's still a teenager. This is a part of the interview where I asked Gabby 
about what it's like to get through Mother's Day without her mom. I thought about my mom, and I was like, man, you know, um, my mom, and it's another, another Mother's Day without her, and I always, always try to give her love and attention on every day, like not just Mother's Day, because I feel like it's just sad. I'm going to be honest, I feel like it's so sad that people wait until Mother's Day to say, Mom, I love you, you're my whole life, make a whole post about her. Instead of going to her home, calling her and just telling her, like, hey, Mom, I just want to say I'm thinking about you and I love you. And I feel like, you know, if anybody is going to be listening to this podcast that doesn't do this, I just want people to know that tomorrow could be Mother's Day and your mom, you're waiting for that day to get there to say I love you and then another day you're gone you're going to resist that for the rest of your life like don't wait till the last minute to go and tell your loved ones that you love them and that they mean everything to you because just like my mom from one day to another disappears mm-hmm. it could happen to anybody and it's horrible because you cannot take that day back can't go back and be like what could I have done differently you could only think about what you could have done differently but as far as life life goes on and there's no way to go back and if I could go back I would do anything to bring her home with her kids and get out of the situation she was so badly suffering and in silence and and it's just hard like for me Mother's Day it's sad because I see all these people posting happy Mother's Day and my mom, I, I'm glad I still have my mom and everything. I I, wouldn't, I I can't say that I didn't post and tag her and post like that, but I always told my mom like that I loved her when I would talk to her, or I would try to at least. And my mom wasn't the person to always say, oh, I love you. Like She would just give her little, like we had a way to talk to our mom, like our certain ways, each of our kids, and it was just, something between all of us it was special and you know I I miss her I know my sister misses her a lot and she has been suffering in depression also because of it and my brother doesn't ever cry he doesn't ever say anything and I know that that's not a good thing my my other brother I can imagine he's also depressed and sad I don't know I don't really haven't really talked to him but I know that her kids cry for her and they see her picture and you know, they're sad and they say, well, where's grandma? Like, when is she coming home? Like, mom, can we call grandma? And that must be really hard for my sister because it's her kids, you know, telling her, like, can I, can I call her? One day I had my niece, like, with me and a notification popped up on my phone. My, you know, my background picture. <laughs> and she saw that notification and she saw the picture and she said, um, Grandma's calling. When she said that, I was just like, oh my goodness, like, like I have to be strong right now and not cry. But I told my sister she said it, and you know, obviously it brings tears because kids are so innocent. They don't, they don't know. It's just really heartbreaking. Like, I just feel like people need to stop with the whole waiting till Mother's Day to say, Mom, I love you or I appreciate you. Like, do it every day if you can. Like, take her flowers. Do everything that you would do for her on Mother's Day. Do it every day. Do it once a month, however many times, but do not wait till the last minute. 
because it could be them who go through this next where their mom you know goes missing and they never get that chance again or you know she passes away suddenly and there's no way to bring her back Gabby, what other advice do you have for people who might be listening to this podcast? Like some type of awareness, like people need to be more alert of their surroundings. And because I don't clearly know what happened to my mom. I have a feeling she she got kidnapped, not in her will, of course. She was taken against her will. Learn how to protect yourself. Watch your surroundings because people are crazy nowadays and you just have to be careful. I think that's great advice. How can I help? How can the listeners help right now? Is there anything that we can do? Uh, I know that there, I think, was a GoFundMe. Uh, is there anything that that we can help with? Well, we actually have a GoFundMe for her. We've been really trying to find a lawyer, somebody who can help anybody, any out- source from other outside like that can help us to, you know, get some guidance because we need the guidance to what to do. Like, what can we do to save her her property or all of her belongings? Like, we, we need that type of support. You know, it would be nice for us to be able to find that kind of help. And it's really appreciated if anybody could donate to our GoFundMe account, not just to help us. Like, this is something very serious, and, like, we really just want answers. Who knows if we were to find a good lawyer and that lawyer was the person who saved like our life like literally that's just we never know which door it is but as long as we keep trying to open doors I feel like we're always going to be able to have the the open options of something good coming out of that even if it's not always positive but at least if we could get closure see a big impact for our family um if people could just share you know i know that at the beginning we had a lot of people sharing our posts and our gofundmes and our petition that we also have we had more than like eight thousand people share in less than a month it was just so insane and we just want that to rise up again and for people not to forget who Graciela Garcia was like you know we we want her to stay like woke we want people to think about her and continue sharing and to continue begging the system to help us and for answers what we would the support we need and for more people to reach out and interview us. We really do appreciate everybody that's helped us, everybody that showed up to her her vigil, everybody that shares her posts or takes a minute to read them and, you know, write a comment, anything, that anybody that wants to reach out and interview us as far as getting the word out more for her case. Everything that people have done, donations, it's just appreciated because sad when somebody just disappears and you feel left alone so as far as what I can say is we feel like the community has helped us a lot they really have people strangers from around the world have helped us we feel that the system has failed us and that's where we don't know how to get past that but everybody else like we really do appreciate the help and everything that they have done for us and then we wouldn't have been able to get the word out without everybody's help that's helped us already. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Unexplained Oregon. We love hearing from you. If you have a story to share or something you want us to cover, get a hold of us at unexplainedoregon at gmail.com. Check us out on Instagram at Unexplained Oregon or on our Facebook page, Unexplained Oregon. This episode was inspired by listeners just like you 
so please keep in touch with us. If you're a friend of the podcast, don't forget to get on Apple iTunes and leave a positive review. At the time that we recorded this episode, we reached out to the Hermiston Police Department and they declined to speak with us. They have, however, posted a pretty lengthy explanation for where they're at in the investigation, and that's on their Facebook page. The family really believes that the strongest suspect in this case is Graciela's husband and last person to see her, Cuauhtémoc Romero Sanchez. Either way, this case is so tragic and Graciela deserves to be found. And somebody out there knows something. Thanks for listening, Creepers.